This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments. I'm Dina Marie, and this is a time we gather each week to ponder and to proclaim our Sunday Mass readings. We are continuing to celebrate the season of Easter. This week is a little bit different in the church. As you remember, on the Easter Resurrection Sunday, I let you know, and you should know, that the Easter season is 50 days. And so we've been counting down these 50 days of Easter in these weeks of Easter. But this week we have Ascension Thursday. Ascension Thursday is that novena before the Feast of Pentecost. So 40 days after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, he ascends into heaven. And so then we have that 40 days to 50 days, that 10-day period of time of this waiting of the first apostles for the coming of the Holy Spirit, what we call Pentecost. And so I will be offering the readings for the Ascension Thursday, which for most of the church has been moved from Thursday to that following Sunday, which is actually the seventh Sunday in the season of Easter. So I want to open up with a prayer to the Holy Spirit and really invite you to join me in praying a novena to the Holy Spirit before the Feast of Pentecost. And now is the time to begin that novena. And then I actually had a, a beautiful invitation from our local auxiliary bishop, Peter Smith. I recorded some podcasts with him and he mentioned, in addition to the novena up to the Feast of Pentecost, it has been and had been in the past a tradition of the church to have like another octave of Pentecost. So to have another novena following the Feast of Pentecost. And then I said, you know, my birthday is right around that Feast of Pentecost. He said, you should pray a novena before and after your birthday and really have special intentions. So I just invite you that for significant feast days for yourself, maybe a patron saint of yours, for your parish, for your family, for the church, particularly one of your favorite saints, and especially for these special feast days in the church, set aside some time to offer a novena before that feast. And then even after that feast for the next nine days in Thanksgiving for the fruits, for the consolations, seen and unseen, mostly the consolations and the fruits we receive from our prayers are unseen. And so I just, I was invited again to offer these novenas and I want to extend that invitation off to you. Let's begin our program today with a prayer to the Holy Spirit. This is attributed to St. Augustine. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Amen. St. Augustine, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Beautiful prayer to begin our readings today. Again, our readings are for Ascension Thursday, which we will celebrate in the church on the seventh Sunday in Easter. The first reading comes from the book of Acts, and this is chapter one, the very first 11 verses of the book of Acts. In the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father about which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He answered them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, Why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in the same way as you've seen him going into heaven. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm today is from Psalm 47. God mounts his throne to shouts of joy, a blare of trumpets for the Lord. All you peoples, clap your hands, shout to God with cries of gladness. For the Lord, the Most High, the Awesome, is the great King over all the earth. God mounts his throne to shouts of joy, a blaze of trumpets for the Lord. God mounts his throne amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid trumpet blasts. Sing praise to God, sing praise. Sing praise to our King, sing praise. God mounts his throne to shouts of joy, a blare of trumpets for the Lord. For the King of all the earth is God. Sing hymns of praise. God reigns over the nations. God sits upon his holy throne. God mounts his throne to shouts of joy, a blare of trumpets for the Lord. 
the second reading comes from the letter from St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 1. Brothers and sisters, may the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in knowledge of him. May the eyes of your hearts be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call. What are the riches of glory in his inheritance among the holy ones? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe? In accord with the exercise of his great might, which he worked in Christ, raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every principality, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things beneath his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 24. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ who would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and that, repent and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name for all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. As he blessed him, as he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I like to think of the theme of these readings as the marching orders of Jesus, his final instructions to his apostles, but also to us, because the instructions, the invitation that Jesus has for these who walked with him, for these three years, those are the same marching orders we as believers in Jesus, as Christians, have to proclaim the good news. Let's just look at the, the book of Acts again. Acts is so rich. It's so, it, it just teaches us how the church began, how how these ordinary men, these very simple men, and for the very beginning of the church, uneducated men, not men that we would think would be leaders of a, of a religious community like, like Peter and Andrew and, and the fishermen, but that it is through Jesus Christ himself. And he calls, he draws near, he instructs. And we see in this feast of the ascension, he is leaving physically us in order to provide us constant help. I love it. Here is this account of Jesus 
letting the disciples know that number one, stay in Jerusalem because I'm going to be giving you a message. The promise of the father about which you have heard me speak for John baptized with water. They saw the fruits of the baptism of water, but Jesus is stretching their minds, stretching them further, not just John's baptism with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this is why Jesus must leave physically. His body must leave. His body must ascend to heaven with the father to leave us, to leave you, to leave me, to leave every single believing Christian who welcomes the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we get really in our culture today, the word power has a lot of negative connotations, like overthrowing countries, stepping on people in order to get to your position. But a power that comes from God, the power, the power of love, you will receive the power, the power of truth. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit is to be standing in the truth, wisdom, understanding, patience, compassion humility, that's power. You will be uh, receiving power when that Holy Spirit comes and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, but not just in Jerusalem. You know, the early apostles, they had this idea that this great uh, king will come and lead the Jews into freedom. Well, Jesus is going to lead the Jews, but he's going to lead all of us into freedom. And freedom isn't just this land that you live in today and you get to own your own piece of property. Freedom is eternal life in heaven. And so Jesus has to stretch their minds. He has to stretch my mind that he says to the ends of the earth, they don't even know how far the message of the Lord will reach to all the ends of the earth. We today, with the technology that we have to know the planet of the earth, we know the continents, we know the different lands, we know the ocean and the seas and, and the mighty waters, and we know where the ends of the earth are here. But they didn't know that in a in a tangible way. But Jesus is saying, your message, my message, my truth that I have taught you must now go forth. And I looked up the word witness. Can I have a witness? Uh, one who can give a firsthand account of what is seen, what is heard, or what is ex experienced. So a lot of times, if you like good detective novels, I love a good Perry Mason case or a good um, Father Brown mystery, or of course, I love Sherlock Holmes, but there's a witness. There's someone who saw, heard, or experienced an account, probably where there's a question, where there's a doubt, where there's a mystery, where there's something that needs to be revealed. And so that first count witness would be able to reveal the truth of what happened, of what was heard, of what was experienced. And so the early apostles are those firsthand witnesses. We are not firsthand witnesses. We take it on the accounts of the firsthand apostles and on the word of God himself, 
to follow that truth. But now we are called to be secondhand witnesses, and that's to testify, to, to give a case for why this truth is real, is real, to be a testimony, to give a testimony for the truth. And so that comes from the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They use the word paraclete, which is simply a Greek term that connotes this idea of a witness, uh, of an advocate, excuse me, of an advocate, of, of one who is going to walk beside you. And what I think is beautiful about the advocate of the Holy Spirit in terms of Jesus giving us now his Holy Spirit is this Holy Spirit will never go away. And well, let's get into the gospel reading, but this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. It accompanies us ongoing. Where do we receive that Holy Spirit? Well, we receive that Holy Spirit, number one, in the initiation of our life in Christ in baptism. For many, it was an, as an infant, for some as an adolescent, or for maybe others, it's as an adult. That baptism of the Holy Spirit initiates us in those gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is planted within us. But our awareness of the Holy Spirit, and the more we call upon the Holy Spirit and, and have a knowledge of the Holy Spirit through reading sacred scripture, through participating in Holy Mass, through being involved in the Catholic community, we learn about who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit's purpose? We hear that in the Gospels and particularly in the Acts of the Apostles and the writings of St. Paul and those letters attributed to St. Paul. So beautiful is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, and I pulled out my Bible again because in the context of this reading and in this reading for Luke, this is the last chapter of Luke, the gospel. And so the last section is the appearance of the disciples in Jerusalem. So we first had the appearance of Jesus to those on the road to Emmaus. We've heard that scripture where two people are walking. They're very distraught and a man comes up to them. You know, what are you so upset about? Don't you know about the things of Jesus, his death and, and his um, and, and crucifixion? And they're downcast, but they're actually walking next to Jesus Christ himself. And he reveals himself. He opens up the word to them. But in the breaking of the bread, we see that in that physical breaking of the bread, in our Holy Eucharist today, we break open, we encounter Jesus Christ. And then we have this account of, the, so there's this appearance of Jesus. Then he comes to the apostles because those two People on the road to Emmaus then go back to the original apostles and say, we saw the Lord, we saw the Lord. And then Jesus comes to them, peace be with you, you know, and they're all encountering the Lord. And then we get to this reading we hear today for the Feast of the Assumption, uh, excuse me, the Feast of the Ascension of the Lord. You know, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written to me about the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. This is before we actually get into the, the liturgical reading for today. 
Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead, and on the third day, would rise from the dead on the third day, and here we go, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. See, here's the message. Here's the final message. We've been hearing a little bit about the final before Jesus is crucified, before he endures his passion. Jesus gives kind of the last rites, his last will and testament. We've been hearing that over the last couple of weeks. But now Jesus has risen from the dead. He is a, He's going to be ascending into heaven, and then he's going to send forth a guide a paraclete, an advocate for us. And he says, this is what I want you to do. Repentance, teach on repentance for the forgiveness of sins to the ends of the earth, starting in Jerusalem, the holy city. And that's our call to one, re to call out for repentance, to be repentant, to acknowledge we are sinners. We can't do it alone. And to ask for forgiveness of sins to be a person of mercy, and then to share that in the name of Jesus Christ. You are witnesses of these things, Jesus says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So Jesus is giving them instructions. And what they do next is they go to the upper room and they pray together as a community. This is why I invited you to do this novena, to gather in community. It could be just you. It could be you and your spouse, you and your family, you and your parish community. If you have a daily mass community, you might be praying a novena to the Holy Spirit before or after that daily mass together as community, just like you were in the upper room with the apostles as they were awaiting the Holy Spirit. What does he mean? Can you imagine how much wonder these, these men, these apostles must have had? What, is, what does Jesus mean that he's going to send this Holy Spirit? They just didn't have it all together, but they trusted and they followed the Lord. And that's what I invite us, brothers and sisters, to trust in the Lord. We don't understand. We don't understand everything. There are things we have knowledge of. We can understand mathematics and we can understand geometry and we can understand art and architecture or how to do a YouTube video. I can't even understand that. But I trust in Jesus Christ. That's why I have this image of the divine mercy all around me. Jesus, I trust in you. I look at the headlines. You look at the headlines today. The headlines are very sorrowful. Very sorrowful. Jesus, I trust in you. That surrender prayer that our Archbishop Alexander Sample has invited us to pray. We just started it again today. I surrender it all to you, Lord Jesus. I have to give it to you. I can't do it alone. The apostles couldn't do it alone. But we see, and we'll see more accounts, but we've been hearing them all Easter, this courage, this strength that is not of their own to proclaim Christ crucified. And the other person that gets this beautiful gift is St. Paul, going from stoning Stephen, which we would have heard in the seventh Sunday of Easter account, 
this final stoning of Stephen to his death and leading the stoning is Saul, who will eventually become our beloved St. Paul. So trust in the Holy Spirit and let us continue to pray to the Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our hearts. And until next time, have a blessed Easter. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.